You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. All right, here we are on the eve of Game Six in the building. I've got. Dr. Tom, Tommy B, how are you doing? Um, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm hanging in there a little, little down, but still, still feeling good. I don't know why you'd be down after you won a game. Uh, uh, going on to WW Dub Dubs. <laughs> uh, how are you doing, sir? I'm great, man. I'm great. Thanks for having me out. All right. Uh, thank you, Dubs. I uh, spent 15 minutes before the podcast making sure this stuff would work. Most people would just say, hey, you know what? I got things to do. He said, no, no, this is an important podcast. Let's do this. And also, we've got Nate P, the godfather himself. How are you doing, sir? I, I'm doing great. I don't know why Tom's sad, because I think we just proved that the team doesn't need Kevin Durant. Oh, oh no. That should no. be a good thing, right? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> when, he, when he inevitably goes to New York, we'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, you don't want to be codependent. You know right. what I mean? Right. Um, gentlemen, um, I can... I, I can already feel we got to um, have some issues with excitement. I'm just going to ask that when you finish your point to please pass the baton by name, because otherwise we're all going to start shouting at once. And I have the power to cut all your mics, so they'll probably only hear me. So I just don't want to do that to you guys. Um, Jeez, wow. he's a gold-blooded king. <laughs> Look, I got an extra, um, what, seven followers on Twitter since this came out? It's a pretty big deal to me. So This uh, man got seven followers on Twitter and thinks he's a shit, huh? Okay. <laughs> All right. He's only had right. 12. He's had 12. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, um, start off. Nate, I think that that was a great question for, for Mr. Dr. Tom. Yeah, Mr. Doc. Doctor, yeah. Um, why are you sad after a uh, win? Well, you know, uh, unfortunately, there was, uh, you know, we were all very excited going into game five, the challenge of going into uh, Toronto and extending the series down 3-1. Uh, but we were lucky. We were feeling good because we had uh, Kevin Durant returning to the lineup after missing uh, the last game and a half of the Western Conference semifinals, all of the Western Conference finals which wasn't too much. That was just four games because we swept them. Uh, and then the uh, all of the uh, the first four games of the finals up until this point. Uh, but we had Kevin Durant back, and he was in the lineup. And man, he was he was cooking in the first uh, quarter of this game. He looked he looked like he hadn't missed a step. And then unfortunately, he gets the ball on the uh, right wing, and he tries to uh, cook his uh, former Thunder teammate Serge Ibaka. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, that leg it wasn't ready or it just wasn't meant to be because he collapsed with what turned out to be a ruptured Achilles injury. He today just uh, underwent successful surgery to uh, repair it, but it was one of the, for just personally, one of the, you know, as a fan, especially a fan of KD's, it was a sort of a tough moment to watch of seeing him get back to this place. And it looked like he was going to be the spark that was really going to keep the team going. And just to see him go down like that, it just, it, it, even though it was a great win and it was one of the toughest, most hard, hardest fought wins in this run of uh, Warriors greatness, it still, it, it, it leaves you down a little uh, bit. All right, let's just close down the podcast and, uh, <laughs> Let's go drink somewhere. Uh, that was uh, that was real. 
If he don't get the Emmy for that one, they don't listen to podcasts. They don't digest podcasts. Just uh, cut that out. That just should be for your consideration. <laughs> just go directly into the weeping. Dubby, uh, with that in mind, there was still a game to be played, and the Warriors did win that game in enemy territory. How do you feel about it coming back home for game six? You know, man, I was just thinking that uh... – other than game one, like I don't, the home team hasn't won any of these games, so uh, I don't know, man. I, it, it's the last game at Oracle. I did look to go see if I could afford a ticket to go experience it, but uh, it's going to be epic, man. Win or lose, this has been just such a brilliant run. But uh, I'm I'm nervous, but I, I have faith. I have gold blooded faith, Daniel. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna pull it. I'm talking about for, I'm talking for about. Kevin Durant, actually. Yeah, gotta yeah. win it for Kevin. Yeah, which I, I never thought that we'd, we'd say. I never thought we'd say, let's win it for Kevin. Have I ever told you guys say. about the reverse close? That's like that? it's like a sales technique where if someone's not, you know, you're trying to like sell them a subscription or something, they're like, oh, I, I can't afford that. You take their reason for not being able to do it as, and then make that the reason that they should do it. So, oh, you know, I, I can't afford the car payment. Well, that's exactly why you should buy this car now. <laughs> and I feel like there's kind of like a Durant thing like that, where I'm almost like reverse closing my myself, where I'm like, no Kevin Durant, but but that's why they're gonna win. They don't have him, even though they need probably need him. Dude, okay, so so Dr. Tom, I did have a, a statistic that I wanted to run by oh. you because Kevin Durant didn't put in a ton of minutes; he put in 12 minutes. But his true shooting percent in the playoff in the uh, NBA Finals is, goes on the books at point nine three five. That's not bad. Yeah, that's that's not, I think it was Stephen A. Smith. He said something about uh, I'm loath to bring up Stephen A. Smith, but he said like, "Oh, it seemed like he was on track for forty points." Like, no, he was quite literally on track for that. Like that that was the pace he was setting before he was the. Bef- befelled by this injury. Oh, man. Have you seen the close-up of it where you can see the leg like... Uh, Yes, and I regret it. Wow. (laughs) I always want to see those once. Nate, uh, do you feel in the limited time that Kevin Durant was uh, running around on what we know to be one working leg, did he show that maybe Kawhi Leonard isn't the best player on the planet? Did Durant show that Kawhi Leonard wasn't the best player on the planet? Uh, I'm gonna sample size you on that one. Okay. <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't make that that statement in that period. I didn't of time. know this was I, golden stats of mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's becoming that. Um, yeah, I, I can't say that from that from that little segment of time. I, I think you know you remember we we watched the game together, and one of the things we said was when he was on defense, we didn't want him guarding Van Fleet. And I, I think even when he the times he was guarding Van Bleet, it was pretty clear that he was having a hard time moving laterally. So obviously Kawhi's thing is defense. Uh we didn't want him guarding guards, quick guards during that game. So I mean, I'd have to give it to Kawhi for that little segment of time. Yeah, I'm but. sorry. Just just to remind me, I'm pretty sure Kevin Durant kept Fred Van Fleet from getting to the rim and then 
talk down in his face like he was a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He did. I'm not saying he didn't. I'm just saying that that was something we didn't want to happen. Like even we were even we were a little bit worried at that moment about what would happen if he had to guard a quick guard. I mean, so and not that we were worried about re-injury. We just I think we just I mean what I was thinking was I just don't know if he's going to be able to move with a quicker guard given his injury. So, so you're saying 25 percent of KD is not enough to say he's better than Kawhi Leonard? Respect. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. I'm, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but 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 like offensively though, he was nice. Clearly, I mean. It, if if he if we had you know the thing is if he had played another quarter or two, we we would have been able to win the game with him sitting down in the fourth, you know? And I, I, I have I have a lot of confidence in that. I thought they were gonna roll that game. <laughs> so that's crazy. Cause I think they're gonna roll in game six too. Not roll. <laughs> no, no, let, me, let me let me stop. Let me not say that. I think they're gonna win game six though. Against the odds, I think they're gonna win but game six. You wouldn't six. be surprised if it was a blowout. <laughs> Let me let me not say that. <laughs> he does not want to be on the record saying that. No one wants me to be on the okay, record saying fair that. Enough, fair enough. I mean, also, if you're talking finals, I could argue that Steph's actually having a better finals than Kawhi. Make make that make that case. Well, he's he's scoring more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's assisting a lot more. Um, he's way more efficient, but. Interestingly, Kawhi is actually out shooting him from deep. Hmm. Steph's putting in thirty-two a game right now, guys. And against the where they, you know, they're they're deep. They know to kind of go right at him because it's him and Clay who are the two uh, consistent offensive weapons. So against a defense just that is just like predicated on stopping them, and he's still putting up some pretty pretty big numbers. Do you think? Uh... The Raptors are having a harder time than they thought to exploit Steph Curry on defense. Doesn't everybody? No, I'm serious. Like everyone comes in saying that's their strategy, and then they play Steph, and they say, "Wow, that doesn't work," and then they say, "I'll just do something else." Like everybody does that. The only team that was successful was the 2016 Cavs because he was injured. <laughs> wow. No excuses. No excuses. No excuses. Because I'm thinking about it, and like. I remember in the first game, you know, it seemed like everyone posted up Steph. And I remember thinking, like, whoa, Steph's size going to be a big problem. Like, Pascal Siakam was just destroying him in the paint. And I was like, wait a minute, why is he guarding Pascal Siakam that much? <laughs> mm-hmm. like, it just seemed weird. And then after that game one, you just, like, don't see it anymore. Like, you just don't see Steph, like, in trouble, you know, in the paint. And it's just fascinating that the Warriors are able to make those kind of adjustments where you can actively fight against Mitch. Uh, uh, mismatches. And I think it's fascinating that the Warriors defense doesn't get enough credit for that because if Steph Curry is the liability you say he is, how come it's not just like, oh, they just scored six straight buckets on Steph Curry like he just a seed. You know what right. I mean? It's like the one time he does get scored on, it's like, see, told you Danny Green's a better offensive player. He's the- <laughs> that one, yeah, that one game where he made three buckets. I remember that. But, you know, the other thing that we don't talk about is the uh, – in that final stretch, in the last game, like those final three minutes, Steph had three defensive rebounds. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're going to talk about liability, like that, that's got to factor in. I mean, he's he's not stealing people. I mean, sometimes he steals people's balls, but like a lot of those are legitimate, like beat people to the ball rebounds in high pressure situations. You know, it's kind of, I think, 
becomes maybe not a cliche, but you hear it a lot in some of these broadcasts. People say, oh, Steph, he's a, a kind of an underrated rebounder, but it, it's true. Like, he gets the balls. He fights the form in traffic. Yeah, so some of those yeah. rebounds down the stretch, it was like, how, how are you getting this if you're this, like, you know, kind of undersized point guard, and yet you're finding a way and fight and fighting through against some, like, big so there's big dudes out there for Toronto, and he's still fighting through and getting the rebound. Right. So, Daniel, what's what's the barbershop perspective here? How hard is it to convince someone that a player is underrated? Like, not, you know, um, not overrated, which I think is a little easier to pick holes in people's games. But what about underrated? I think it's a, a matter of one person that they like has to get embarrassed by the person you're talking about. Ah. Um, I think we saw this during Steph's initial rise to, to, to fame. There were so many videos of, of him getting crossed over badly on those weak ankles before Mac, uh, Mark Jackson took over, Pastor Mark Jackson took over and prayed for them. Um, and then when he became like stout enough to actually stand on two feet pretty consistently and um, then was starting to hit them back with his own moves, you notice people started being like, yo, Steph's pretty nice. And it wasn't like, hey, Steph's one of the like most devastating offense weapons in the history of basketball. It was, yo, Steph's pretty nice because they were a Chris Paul fan and saw those ankles get right. caught in the mix. You know what I mean? And then it's like, oh, wow, he just, like, put the ball through Rondo's legs and then shot a no-look shot at him. It's like, I can't root for Rondo anymore. Like, <laughs> this guy, Steph, is just too nasty. Right. So in, in this competitive landscape, the only way to really convince people, I mean, unless you want to hit him with the, you know, the Tim Duncan where you're just like, well, the guy keeps going to the finals and winning. I guess he has to be kind of good. You know, because I remember a time when people were adamant that if you were like, who's better, Shaq or Tim Duncan? They'd be like, boy, don't you even bring up Tim Duncan's name? Oh, my gosh, Shaq. And then like by 06, 07, it was like, hey, you know, Tim Duncan, he's pretty nice and actually in shape. You know, I, I didn't know being in shape and also being humble and having a good temperament actually was really good for basketball. You know, Tim Duncan's all right. And then he finally gets his accolades in year 17. So either way, I think Steph's doing both things at the same time. Um, but... For a guy who doesn't dunk, it's going to be hard to just, like, you know, steal people's hearts like that. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'll, I'll tell you why I'm not like, as interested in slander as I might normally be. I, I think a large part of that is I am, I mean, we have to be scared for the rest of the series, right? A little bit, given what, given what happened in the first few games of that rant. Um, yeah, it's it's a little it's a little nervousness coming in. So I I think we can win a game at home. The last game at Oracle, we'll have the halftime show, which will be amazing. Uh, I I think the guys will get up for that game, right? Game seven in Toronto, though, uh, with the way, you know, you look at Lo- Looney might say he's ready to come back, but Looney looks like he is in pain, like every second he's on the court right now, and I, I admire him for playing for trying to tough it out but i mean we really need him uh to be effective and without him effective yeah um it's it's just been hard and yeah. so I, I think uh you know you're missing durant you're missing Lo- looney you're missing it and then everyone else who's playing hurt you know maybe not injured to the point they can't play but playing through pain right now 
it's just going to be tough to win Game Seven on the road. So I'm I'm a little, you know, a little nervous. Man, Toronto's a tough place to to win at. Yeah, geez, they cheer when your players go down with looking like catastrophic injuries. It's a real tough tough place to be. And you know, I can't even think of a last team to actually win a game in Toronto in the well. Okay, we won the last game, but before that. <laughs> We won game two there as well. And we almost won game. You know what? I'm sorry. Disregard my point. Please go on, Tom. <laughs> well, I, I, I kind of from like in, in, in all seriousness, I do feel sort of the same way. The way I'm going into game six is I just win that game, win the last game at Oracle. Yeah. You push it to game seven. And then, you know, if they pull it off and it's going to, everything's going to be against you. It's, it's this, this amazing thing, but just looking at what this team has had to overcome and how they've fought back, especially in these finals, but also over this run, like they, they, they you know, people, and by people, I mean, doc rivers, uh, you know, I say, Oh, the, the luck and oh, they got so lucky. Like they've had to deal with a whole lot of stuff throughout this and that they've always overcome it and they always fight back. And if they go, if they win, that game six in Oracle and it goes to game seven in Toronto and they don't win it. I mean, I know this probably isn't a place for your moral victories and things like that, but I'll say, all right, you, they went out and they, they clearly gave it their all and they left it all out there. And they just, they, for whatever reason they, or, you know, whatever reason or whatever you want to point to, they didn't have it. And so that's it. And so I just, I want that last the last game at Oracle to be a win. That's all I'm sort of focused on. And then game seven is whatever happens, but just, I, uh, the, I, I will just win that last game at Oracle. That's all. That's all I want. Man, you said the same thing before game five. Like, I don't care what happens after game five. Like, just win this game on the road. I'll be happy we didn't lose in Drake's house. And whatever happens in game six happens. Now, watch. We're we, 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 we going to win game six. And you're going to, like, take their heads off. Dracar. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I think that's a, I actually think that's a question that a lot of people are asking of Warriors fans like right now. How will we feel if we lose in this way? Because you know what, right now, if the Raptors were to win Game Six, I, I would I would feel like they absolutely deserved it, and I I wouldn't even feel that bad. I'd say we lost, we got beat. I wouldn't. The injuries happened. You know, it's a it's an objective fact that we are a better team with Kevin Durant, despite what people say. I don't know. Uh, Twitter told I don't me know. otherwise. That's a good point. It's a it's up for debate, but I believe it, so I'm gonna go with it. But given Durant's injury, Looney being injured, Clay missing a game, I mean, it, it's we lost, we got beat, and and Toronto deserves it because the other thing about Toronto that I I've really come to appreciate this series more so than watching them before is that team is stunningly disciplined. I mean, yeah. they're Spursian discipline. And uh, that's something that's hard to get to. That's the thing that has been our uh, our weakness all season, right? Is that we've been, yeah, we our focus wavers, and for good reason. We could go into that another time, but I mean, this is this team is the opposite of that. So um, when our focus wavers, we make the silly turnovers or the careless plays. You know, Toronto's locked in and ready to take advantage, and that's that's why we got beat. So. I don't. I, I think the players on the floor for the Warriors. This is maybe something else that we can talk about. I think the players on the floor for the Warriors are more than capable of beating the Raptors in seven games. I, I think it's just that this is the time where <laughs> that mm-hmm. that focus issue is becoming an issue because we're making really stupid turnovers. 
we're, we're, we're not executing on plays we need to execute. You know, we're letting Ibaka dunk on us. We're sprinting out at uh, Siakam. Like, those little mistakes are killing us on both ends. Mm-hmm. And if we can clean those up, we could easily win these next two games. I just don't know if we do that uh, over, you know, less than a week's time. I don't know. Well, that's what people have been worried about all year, right? I mean, the comments and the and the yeah, that's what people said. You're building bad defensive habits, and it's like, well, they flipped the switch last year, but this year they really haven't been able to flip the switch. Their defense is not good in the uh, in the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah, there's no other way to say it. It's just bad. It's they've been bad defensively for a lot of games. They did have some lights out performances too. Yeah, I'm I'm not just saying we're making points on them though. What's I'm saying? Like, I wonder if, um, I wonder if number one, the Clippers' offense was better than we thought, because um, they really were killing dudes like with the advanced stats and such. Um, and to see it, it was just like Lou Williams do whatever you want, and if you missed the shot, Montrose Harrell will just dunk it every time. It was like this is a surprisingly effective offense, and so it's like, yeah, we definitely need to play better against them. But also, they were like kind of like some killers a little bit so you know i'm like well uh, like how much that penalizes for not holding them to like 85 points and then when we got like mad at them we actually started playing better defense so i was like okay i'm not sure what that is but to be able to take a team like that and just cut away all their offense when you feel like it is kind of like can you really hold that focus all the time yeah and i I think that's a legitimate question and i think in the fifth year making it to the finals like it, I, I've and that's that was my that's been our argument all season against people who said these focus issues are a problem that are going to haunt that's going to haunt them. My argument all season has been that this is their fifth year straight trying to make the finals. You cannot expect the human mind to stay focused that long. It's crazy to think that, right? But the thing is, at the same time, I can say that and hold that. At the same time, say that Toronto right now is taking advantage of that because we don't have all the weapons that we normally have that make that okay. So we, so when you take yeah, away Durant true. now, you take away Looney, you take away Clay Thompson, or for the one game that who's absent, you know, you take all that away, and now those mistakes are a huge problem, and you have to lock in. We're we're gonna have to like to beat this team in seven games, or let's just talk about the next two games to beat this team two games straight, one on the road. We're gonna have to be locked in more more than we're not, and I think uh, you just can't afford those mistakes. I mean, I think the people who said that it was yeah. going to be a problem all season, it's going to sound weird, but I, I think they're still wrong because if we had Durant, if we had a healthy Looney, if we had a healthy DeMarcus Cousins who hadn't got injured again in the playoffs, it's a different story. I think we roll through this series and have no problems, but that's not what's happening. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing is we can't – I don't want to turn into Cavs fans. Right, right. You're right. Yeah. I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we definitely would have beat him. Maybe not. Maybe we definitely wouldn't have beat him. You know, we had other teams take us to seven at full strength. So I guess so I guess what I'll, I'll I can just leave it as saying Toronto was taking advantage of our mistakes exceptionally well. Better than any team we've seen over the last five years. I, w- I wonder if it- if uh, this is because they obviously they change, you know, they have the new head coach, Nick Nurse. This is his first year and he has this uh, G League pedigree. And I wonder just the way we're talking about what how they play uh, and the and you seem to talk about as the sort of Spursian that they kind of don't make mistakes. They're very um, focused They're you know, these kinds of things. And I wonder if that has to do with him having uh, kind of come up in this 
in this more instructional league and having that experience. And so he's going to be fun because those I, I, I imagine, you know, what you're trying to drill into players as a G league coach is sort of, you know, just teaching these habits and these kind of don't, don't make mistakes. And I wonder if that, if, if having this guy, this person as a coach with this kind of background led to this creation of this team that does these things that make, that make life so tough for the Warriors, because you're right. Like those are the, te- like the, you know, the Spurs, I've always said it, you know, the, I always fear, even when they're not, you know, the past couple of years, they haven't been as talented as they've been in the past but i'm always you're always sort of worry about them because you're like you know they're going to be smart you know they've got a great coach and you know they're going to kind of be drilled with into these sort of these these tactics and i wonder if i don't know i'm just sort of thinking about like well what make gives this team that raptors team this quality beyond um you know just the i mean they obviously have great great players but what gives them that extra thing and i wonder if it's just that nick nurse's that g league background you know, he did say that um, it was easier for him to adjust to players coming in and out of the lineups because in the D-League, there's so much player movement. Yeah. But I would also say that a lot of us may have forgotten, like, how hardened the Raptors are, man. Like, Ibaka and Saul and Kawhi have all been through the playoffs, dude. Danny Green. Yeah. I mean, these are these are vets who have seen a lot of playoff. Kyle battles. Lowry, don't sleep on Kyle Lowry. A lot of us whooping their ass. They've seen a lot of us choking them out. They've seen a lot. All right, they don't want to lose to us ever again. I can't. Remember. Who said that about the the Buffalo Bills? Like saying, "Oh, they've got the experience." Like, yeah, they have experience losing. <laughs> Jim Kelly tried. That's cold. Sorry, that so, I'm, cut sorry. I'm so sorry, everyone. But yeah, I. I, I think the other thing is like I think we've we haven't I think this is the first year, maybe or second time, that Kawhi has gotten credit as a leader. Kawhi Leonard, can you can you imagine just playing on a team, playing on a defensive system with Kawhi Leonard and knowing that he's going a a thousand percent in practice, like you can't take plays off because that dude will quietly stare at you or something crazy. You don't know what he's gonna do. <laughs> He's not going to yell at you, but he's just going to look at you like you're crazy. Like why? Like these articles they're talking about. You know, I don't know if you guys have read the article about Kawhi Leonard at San Diego State, but this this whole idea that like you know he was telling his coaches like why can't everybody stay in their man one on one? Like why the hell are we helping? Like that's that's crazy. Of course we help because there's a time when you get beat, and he can't even he couldn't even process that. It's uh, like he's processing it now. He understands now, but I would say like. That's the kind of mindset that guy takes into to a game every possession. And if you see him, your superstar doing that, who doesn't really have to do that, right? He he's already he's already got his titles. He's got uh, he's got a Finals MVP. He could get whatever money he wants from wherever he wants. Like he doesn't have to work this this hard to make it. He does it just because he does it. And that other guys yeah. are gonna follow that. And Danny Green knows what's up from playing with Kawhi in the past. And I think we're seeing like his presence making a difference in that roster and in a way that you know i think people Damn. imagined um it's interesting I, people imagine that Kyrie irving would have a similar effect in the celtics right obviously not defensively but people oh. thought Kyrie irving oh. would just come to the Celtics, celtics bring some kind of magical championship pedigree and lead them to the finals and i think a lot of us were guilty of that but i was i, I, I thought was. it was a sure thing and here we are right so 
Same thing with with uh, Butler and uh, yeah, Philly. I the think same idea. for the same thing where it's like, oh, yeah. Well, I don't like, know about that. I feel like Butler gave him a real boost. I think he helped him a lot. You can help him. That 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 that's not the question, but it's help him. And then yeah, you see versus like it's almost like this. I mean, think about the Raptors last season to this season and the team, just how much that's changed and some of it i think might you know i've just pointed to the coaching stuff but you put a guy like leonard in there with that kind of mentality coupled with green who's probably picked danny green's because of that by some sort of osmosis and then even marcus all and it's like okay yeah like what are you going to do if you're a pascal siakam or a or a fred van fleet or a whomever you know and, and serge Ibaka too like this is a guy like he's you know he's he's been through it too and it's like yeah so what are you can you know the rising tide lifts all those boats and i think maybe that's the thing you know as i sort of think of back to when i was thinking about the series at the beginning versus now, now where we are maybe that's something that i almost underestimated i said well Kawhi is great and he's going to do a lot of things but these other players i don't know but it's like well no maybe he did not you know in his own way he kind of lifted them up not just with what he does on the court but with what he's brought to that team i hear your Kawhi respect i just feel like philly was a lucky shot away from them being in the same position that's also true <laughs> you're right because that was a lucky ass shot but yeah, he hit I- it so we give him credit Hey, I also remember uh, Kevin Durant dropping 51 while mostly being guarded by Kawhi this season without Steph <laughs> or Draymond. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Kawhi is amazing. I, I just, you know, I think that having watched him intently, he's such a a LeBron-esque bruiser. I didn't yeah. know he was that strong. Like, I don't think he was that strong before. Like, he somehow gets stronger and, like, his, his ability to bully his way through people is just, it feels like it's new to me. Yeah. Um, but his playmaking skills leave something to be desired. I think when the Warriors uh, bury their traps on him, you kind of get to see that, wait a minute, when he, when he's flustered, he tends to kind of just throw terrible passes off the double team. And I was like, you know, I think I think the, the Warriors defense, because you know Toronto's going to lean so heavily on him, if the Warriors defense is on point, as Nate said, I think they can flummox Kawhi and get to the point where now the Raptors' offense is having trouble starting, as we've seen a couple of times, notably in Game 2 in the start of the, uh, the third quarter when the Warriors had an 18-0 run where the, the Raptors couldn't get their offense started because Kyle Lowry isn't a killer. Mark Gasol ain't dribbling like that. Serge Ibaka ain't dribbling like that. OG, I don't know, um, Pascal, he can dribble a little bit, but he's a straight line to the basket guy. So he's really their only true playmaker besides Fred Van Fleet. So once the Warriors, like, lock him up a little bit, their offense can kind of, like, you know, kind of get herky-jerky and 90s basketball all of a sudden real quick. And now they're trying to live off offensive rebounds. They're like, wait a minute, these guys aren't that good. But because he's good enough and they have enough good shooters, it looks all right. But there's something about this um, their offense, which I saw against uh, Milwaukee and against Philly and even Orlando sometimes. I'm like, this offense don't quite get going all the way. I mean, there's no way with our depleted roster. We've, we've been hanging around games pretty much every – start of the fourth quarter like how is that even happening it's because the Raptors' offense isn't quite that you know well of a machine so i think in oracle if it gets loud enough and you know our, we're flying around we might just see one of those old school beatdowns i mean i i kind of agree with you as I mean, that's what i said at the beginning that i retracted it I mean, but uh i kind of agree with you I, I i just think it's uh you know as dominant as the warriors have been over the last five seasons their 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 effort 
the last their focus the last two seasons has been wildly unpredictable. True. So, so like, uh, I expect them to be up for this game. Their backs are against the wall. They have, they have to win. So maybe that'll help it kick in. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you, you, you look back to last season, those the games six and seven against the Rockets. I mean, about you know being down big in both those games and still coming back to win by pretty comfortable margins, including that game six at home. And so I, I think, you know, maybe it does, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to, it's that thing where it's like, you, if you stay up and pull the all nighter on the paper and turn it in and get an A, like you don't want to make a habit of that, but maybe they can, maybe they're just that tough and that good and can just get it done. So I, yeah, I, but I, I think you're, there's this part of me that's also like, Oh no, they're going to kind of, it's just going to be, exhaustion and it's going to be yeah. there just for what but I, if that was going to happen i would have thought it would have been in game five it would have been just like all right like just it kind of wasn't going to happen and they've just sort of they've been beaten down too much against a great a great team and they just you know what are you going to do but they fought they fought back you know and so i that makes me think they still have that that reserve somewhere down in there I think in game five, I mean, the main difference from what's going to happen in six and seven is that they started out with Durant. And I think yeah. everyone on the team has said that having Durant start with him was mm-hmm. and give them that boost. What do you have? 11 points in 12 minutes, I think. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> that that just got them moving the right direction. And I think once he went down, they were really playing for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, game six, they might have that because it's the last game at Oracle. Mm-hmm. Game seven. Damn. I just worry about how far that emotion is going to go. However, I do recall in, in Game 7 against OKC, I remember OKC kind of just, like, folding. Yeah. And I, I, I haven't gone back and looked at that film in a long time. But I kind of remember it just kind of being, like, a relatively easy win by the time it got to the fourth quarter. And OKC just, like, shell-shocked, like, how the hell did we give up a 3-1 lead? Yeah. So, yeah. I could imagine Toronto maybe having something like that based on what we saw in, you know, the end of game five, like the last three and a half minutes where they just didn't score anymore. Like nothing went right for them in the last five, two and three, uh, two and a half minutes of that game. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah, that that game. It's interesting that thinking about that game seven against the Thunder in 2016 because, and I mean, they they came out. and I think they were leading. The Thunder were yeah. leading at halftime, and then they just yeah. But they didn't they were, believe. They didn't believe. You they, they, were, like, they were like, they were like, Westbrook, you shoot it, clank. Westbrook, right. you shoot it, clank. Right. It's funny how that works. <laughs> well, Kevin Durant wasn't exactly calling for the ball for most of that game, as I recall. <laughs> Yeah, I recall Kevin Durant having a really bad series that game. Like shooting, like his efficiency was really low. Like it was, it was, was it was everything that you stereotypically imagine about OKC. Like Durant and Westbrook jacking, and they just killed us on the offensive boards. And that's what I was going to say about the Clippers. The Clippers just killed us on the boards. Yeah, (laughs) Arell was just beasting on the boards that series, and that's you know that's another one of our main weaknesses. We just don't do well against these high-energy rebounders, which is what Houston thought, which is why they thought they were going to win it all when they signed Kenneth Fareed, right? But I guess <laughs> that didn't happen. So. Hey, Tough Clint luck. Capella, he's he can dominate, right? <laughs> he's up for trade if you really want him. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> oh, I don't want that. You know what's great about this year, though? I, I think it's like, no matter what happens in the finals, I could always say, well, we still beat Houston. Without Durant. And so... Without Durant. Without, right. So, you know, we you know we still have that. We can still say they're clearly worse than Toronto because Toronto couldn't seem... Toronto actually <laughs> seemed to beat us and Houston couldn't do it at home because they're bums. That's it. <laughs> You know, it's the old story, you know, when you put all those energy hustle guys out there, you know, you may beat us on the boards, but you're beating us with twos. We're going to come back and hit threes. And Nick Nurse was like, you know, what they hit last night, you know, 23 pointers. That's the second most in NBA history. Like, haha, like, where are the odds of that happening? I'm like, pretty high, buddy. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> pretty high happening again, honestly. I guess yeah. the same exact defense because they were hitting these shots dead tired with no legs deep in the fourth quarter in your house. Like, they do this in their sleep. So you think they won't hit for 20 ever again at the Spice Brothers? It's just weird to me. So I'm wondering if they really think, like, you know, our other guys, like Quinn Cook, uh, DeMarcus, Andre, those guys are so bad at shooting threes that they can just pray that they'll miss again. You know know what I mean? So it's kind of weird. Like, do they just believe Andre Iguodala is that trash from beyond the arc? Well... Uh, yes. <laughs> How do you want us to answer that? I mean, I hear you, <laughs> except for the fact that he, like, won game two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, clearly, he, he's clutch. He can be clutch. But if I'm going to gamble on the based on the odds, the percentages, yeah, sure, I'll let him have it. I didn't mind him shooting that shot, though. Just to be very clear, that was, that was not a bad decision. But... It was a bad shot, <laughs> says Paul George. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Paul George got nominated as president of the What's a Bad Shot Club now. Andre Andre Iguodala is shooting twenty five percent in these finals. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. Okay, so if, if 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 someone put a gun to your head and said there's a twenty five percent chance that if I pull this trigger, you get your head blown off, are you like, you know what, I'll take it? <laughs> like, no, you're still like, what? You know what? This is uncomfortable. Like, I don't want Andre Iguodala shooting threes. <laughs> Well, I mean, you look back at that play. I, I, I also thought that was just a really bad defensive decision that was made on that play. I, they didn't have to leave him open. They like some. I can't remember who it was. And I don't want to point fingers if I don't remember perfectly. Someone, someone was just like standing in space at that point. He didn't. Someone just didn't rotate, and he could have rotated and put a hand in his face. So, I mean, I don't know if he was even by design. I, I think they just. That was a interesting defensive decision, and I think it backfired on them. But, you know, whatever. I guess the other thing I wanted is what we haven't discussed yet uh, is Draymond's technicals. Ooh. Anybody thinks that's going to be a problem? Because I so wait, so he really <sighs> just has to make it through game six. Yeah, technically. Yeah, he has, he's got to make it through yeah. one game. That's true. Well, yeah, go ahead and suspend me in game one of the next two. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think I think he can go. I think he can do it. Remember how hard he turned off that faucet of complaining that's when uh, his son, like, flopped when they were messing around? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, is, this is just going to be one of those, like, high – High emotion games, right? And I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I am, I'm, I'm just gonna say I'm a little worried, but we'll see. Those, I mean, 
those refs need to to, to know, you know, I, maybe they don't. Maybe I shouldn't say this. Like, well, they should know that he's he's at this technical, that, you know, there's at this thing. Because if it was somebody else, I'd be like, oh, they've got to call it no matter what. Uh, so maybe I just shouldn't say anything. But I, I think he can. I think he can shut it off. I hope he can. I really hope he can. <laughs> that that that's just a, that's another a subplot that this that we don't that we don't need. Although it would be in, in keeping with just all of the things that have gone wrong in these finals and throughout these playoffs, it would just be another another perfect part of that in a in a weird way. Yeah, I mean, if, if I'm the Raptors, I, I give Patrick McCall a few minutes out there, just have him yap at Draymond just for a few minutes. It's like. Oh no! Just, just get him talking, oh, no. you know. Oh no! <laughs> just that's just that's to see what disrespectful happens. to disrespectful to Draymond that you'd be like, oh yeah, send Patrick McCaw at like come in on. front of E forty and two shorted and MC Hammer. No, no, MC no. Hammer. Man, Draymond gonna punch him on sight. <laughs> like, what are you? Yeah, who who are you talking to? <laughs> And quite frankly, I don't even think the refs would give him a tech. I mean, I mean, they, they you, would. You think the refs are gonna are gonna give the Warriors yeah, calls? I, I, they're not gonna give him leeway because remember, there's the whole thing about oh, the Warriors got screw jobbed when they suspended Draymond. Oh, and I'm I wondering if the right. NBA wants that 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 press nobody, again, Mike. Daniel, nobody, nobody cares. <laughs> that's that's kind of how I feel. Nobody cares about the Warriors. <laughs> they, they like, won like, they, they're not getting any favors from anyone. Yeah. Even when the when the Kings got shafted by the refs against the Lakers, it's like, wow, yeah, you really got shafted there, and it's like, well, sorry. <laughs> I mean, like, like, no, look at it this way: if if someone was going to give the Warriors some leeway or benefit of the doubt, they would start calling fouls on Steph Curry. Yes, those grabbing calls. I mean, it's it's really egregious, and, and they and they're no no one is calling anything, so right, you know. And then they called an illegal screen on Brady right. Cousins. I was like, "Wow!" Right. Uh, that it's I mean, and, and it's gone both ways. They're being called the call, you know. It's not, ju- but it seems to be primarily calls that uh, you know, there's the lack of a call uh, hurts the Warriors. This has gone both ways, but this is just this these whole playoffs. I've, it's just been kind of I don't know. It's it's been re- remarkable and not in a good way. Just how suspect some of this officiating has been. Yeah. So j- just to be clear, like I'm not even saying like the refs have swayed the outcome of this series either. I think it's just like this general feeling that we don't need to <laughs> make these calls on of contact against Steph Curry. I don't know where that feeling comes from, but for some reason they, it's just they're refusing to call it. So, you know, it's the whole playoffs, the whole season. Steph Curry is somehow uh, the guy you can do whatever you want to on defense. Oh, I mean, he doesn't have that respect. It's not like he's won two MVPs. Oh. Well, no, the issue is he hasn't run a finals MVP. He hasn't done anything in the playoffs. He He hasn't had a moment. We need him to have a moment. Actually, no. What's most important is that some people on Twitter call you the best player in the world, and I hope you're the capital letters uh, before you know at the start of each word, because apparently that's what's most important. Because that's all LeBron could possibly win, and so that's all people care about. Wow! Wow! <laughs> I think uh, Steph is uh, getting a golden opportunity. I mean, without the challenge, there's no way to come out 
with the glory. And um, this is his toughest challenge yet. Like, this is harder than what he had to do when he was playing with Jared Jack and him. Like, this is... This is... Yes, people... Still up, uh, th- they'll pass him the ball here. Jared Jack wouldn't do that. Oh, don't do Jared like that. He was doing what he thought he could win the game, man. He wanted to win the game. <laughs> I-, I feel like Steph is uh, dealing with, you know, a team that is long, rugged, quick, and they know him because they had Greg Popovich like, do not let him shoot an open three or I'll punch him in the face <laughs> for like six years. <laughs> so... <laughs> They've been seeing Steph Curry in their nightmares. Like, remember when um, Steph will hit a three uncontested and Papa should call a timeout immediately? Yeah. <laughs> like, immediately. Like, like, it was a classroom or, like, the, the danger room in, in X-Men. Like, it was just, like, simulation <laughs> over. Like, I was like, yo, they're really, like, under, like, boot camp, like easy he said, you know, to drain him. Um, so what I feel like is those guys are so good at switching and knowing when to bump Steph, when to grab Steph, when not to. They're so good at it. Combined with Fred Van Fleet, like, you know, being a little pit bull. And then you have Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka to erase any mistakes or um, Siakam. So it's like they can play as physical as they want, knowing they got help on the backside and not dumb help, like smart help. So yeah. Steph's really facing, like, the final boss of defenses, which, funny enough, wasn't the Houston Rockets. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just I kept hearing for so long that the Rockets defense was so good. And then when he hits him for 33 and a half and is their season, it's like, you know what? We got to trade everybody, but it's okay. Well, can we, can we just note that that was not a playoff moment for anybody? That was just, <laughs> that's just what we expect now. You're supposed to score 33 without Durant in game six on the road. It's just given. So. Yeah. Steph Curry needs a new catchphrase supervisor because if he had a catchphrase every single time he like laid it out, people start keeping track. Like he did say Austin Pizza Baby for the fourth straight year. That's funny. What's he talking about? Oh wow, teams are dying because of him. You know what? It's all about Brady. He kind of does, right? He's ruined the game thing. That's what you should yell. You should yell, ruining the game, ruining the game, ruining the game. I mean. In, in in the tradition of great uh, Warriors point guards, he what doesn't he just take uh, Hibachi from Gilbert Arenas? No, no, no. You got to do that with permission. That can't be spontaneous. And you don't want to bring Gil into this situation. He'll be no. oh, oh. I, I've got. To, I'm gonna go play a card game with him later. Is there anything I should know? Uh, you better have to be in front. <laughs> He's from L.A. He's serious about this, okay? (laughs) Yeah, but uh, I I feel like this is his greatest challenge yet. Like, if you win this, like, there's nothing, not even the the saltiest of salty people can ever say about you. Like, like, no. Yeah, there's nothing you can say. Until 3-1. But after 3-1, people like, he's the greatest player ever. And I was like, yo, before 3-1, y'all were like, yo, he's trash. (laughs) Like, so what happens? All right, so here's a question. I mean, I, I saw this on Twitter today. Somebody tweeted, some it was someone random as far as I know, but someone it was a uh, tweet was if the Warriors win, does Clay Thompson have a case to be Finals MVP? Wait, what? Say it again. <laughs> if the Warriors win the Finals, does Clay Thompson have a case to be Finals MVP? Well, um, let's just look at it statistically. Um... I'm gonna go to the game played section. Dale, is that is that an approved advanced stamp? Advanced no, stat? Game played. Played to the barbershop. 
I, I didn't do any division multiplication or exponents or anything. Uh, that's not an advanced in, in the game series. Count. If it's even between two players, the guy who played more has to get the be mathematically. <laughs> we'll allow it. They're coming up with new strategies to hate on Steph. I can't believe this. I think it would be hilarious if, if they <laughs> if they won this series and Clay got Finals MVP. That people still said that Steph does not have a moment yet. You might as well put Kevin Durant on the list. <laughs> Durant for ten for twelve minutes played. Hey man, that's an efficient twelve minutes. He was the MVP for twelve minutes. I was like, oh my god, he's cooking. Yeah. Okay, so if if we're gonna play that way, right? So Kawhi Leonard, if he if the Raptors were to win, he's the clear Finals MVP. Yeah. And if that were to happen in this alternate reality, um. Do you say, oh, man, Kawhi Leonard is up on that LeBron level. Like, he took a team that wasn't doing nothing before he got there and just won him a title, you know what I mean? Even though we know the Raptors were like – Yeah, but they've been good for years. Thank you. And they upgraded pretty significantly without losing much. Thank you. DeMar DeRozan died for this. Well, I mean – Literally, but – right? It's like – they just needed some sort of marginal talent where it was like, no, 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 get a guy back. Look, look at this guy doing athletic scoring things. But you said to Margarosa dive. <laughs> I thought, saw this Star, Star Wars line, like, many bottoms have died. Information. <laughs> <laughs> many mid-range jumpers have died to give us this title chance. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. When the Spurs couldn't be different, I was like, I'm done. I'm done with DeMar. Seems like a nice guy. I'm, I'm sorry for Seems DeMar. Like a nice guy, but nah. I'm sorry for DeMar. Yeah. It's Because you're right. I mean, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals against LeBron, and they took him deep every time. It's not like they were they were swept by LeBron. They were actually swept so, by LeBron. They were actually swept. Oh, no, no, no. But they took him seven. No, it's a six no, in uh, 2016, I think it was. Six? Six. Sorry. Yeah. All right. So they took him six. One time. They got yeah. swept One time. Them. That's good. They got That's six. good. <laughs> That's good. You're right. They did get swept. They're good, though. They were good. Oh, I agree. They, they were definitely good. But I'm thinking LeBron was so dominant over them, people might think they were trash. Yeah. Right. Right. People like, would you say, you? <laughs> I mean, I'm not used to using some people. I don't people know. are <laughs> saying. I don't know. Maybe I'm biased as a Warriors fan, and usually when I see LeBron at the end of the year, it's like, hey, man, take care of your family, man. Have a good one. <laughs> Peace. Get out of Oracle. Looking forward to Space Jam 2. I'm sure it's going to be great. <laughs> Man, put some ice on that hand, which seems magically broken. It's weird. <laughs> Not broken. Pretty much broken. <laughs> Come on. Pretty much broken. Man, I say that is one of the most bullshit things I've ever seen in a professional athlete. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much broken and then it comes out no it's definitely not broken we did MRI it's like definitely not broken <laughs> pretty much broken that's like almost as bad as the Rockets pretend points memo <laughs> pretty much broken his hand his heart it was pretty much broken it was pretty much broken just like my heart my dreams <laughs> Yo, he, he broke the hand J.R. Smith broke the heart <laughs> Marcus was telling us pretty like, much broke the hand. <laughs> what it was like watching Braun losing to the, the Warriors, and he was like, "Man, like the year when he got Draymond suspended, he was really throwing like a real fit. Like he was really becoming unhinged. Like he like people were looking like, yo, what's wrong with LeBron right now? He's freaking out. Like people forget LeBron was that mad at the Warriors, like that mad. Like <laughs> he needed to get these guys out of here.'" 
without 3-1, LeBron might have retired. <laughs> retired, gone to the Lakers, same difference. Yeah. No matter what the conversation is, you got to bring LeBron up. He's that massive of a figure. And also, I'm saying keep bringing LeBron up because that's the guy we won for all our championships. So I got to keep propping him up there because, uh, you know, he, he makes the Warriors bulletproof. It's yeah. like, oh, you think LeBron is the greatest player of all time? That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, more than more than Kobe, for sure. Like, that's the first guy I've seen that I'm like, would legitimately put him up against Jordan. Yeah. I mean, I'll take Wait. the argument either way. And I, hey, I still probably you, lean Jordan. Do, do you mean like? Like, if they were to play against each other, you would be no, like, yeah. who's your goat? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Man. I think it's a worthy conversation. We can't Le- LeBron recede like his hairline? No. no. <laughs> so we're not going to put Space Jam 2 in the conversation? Like, we're just going to leave that out? Like, what? Come on, man. Come on. No. Come on. We can't We can't do that. Like, seriously. And LeBron is super dope. But, like, that, that's the weird thing about this wonderful debate. That is just weird because you're like, wait a minute. Like, LeBron definitely has folded for sure under pressure. And oh, yeah. When he's done, he's, like, quits. Yeah, he'll quit. Like, Michael Jordan. Like, the whole Lakers season. Wizards to the playoffs. He, he doesn't quit. He thought he could get the Wizards to the playoffs. Rip, Rip Hamilton before the face mask. No. <laughs> no. What was the center? The center was uh, Jahidi, Jahidi White. Kwame. No. Michael was like, impossible is nothing. Like, no, impossible is definitely something for you on the team, Michael. No, Kwame to the playoffs, that's impossible. Oh, my God. Who's so, better, Kwame Brown or Clint Capella? Wait, actually, you know what? <laughs> if you put Kwame on that team, that's a great question. I think Kwame gets the same numbers. <laughs> Under the tutelage oh, of uh, Chris Paul and James Hart, you actually, you know, that might be a little dicey. <laughs> if you swap... Kwame with Capella. Capella has to go play for Jordan's Wizards, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's just firing balls at him in the post. Like, you should be catching that. Michael Jordan is such a great figure because he's just so rude. It's just wonderful. Um, <laughs> and we carry that on with us in our gold buttonness. All right, fellas. Um, we're reaching the hour mark, and um, this may be the last time that we hold the belt as a pod. Um, so my question to you is, who wins? Game six, the last night in Oracle. Warriors by eight. Okay. By eight or 80? Wow. <laughs> eight. Okay, eight. All right. All right. I'm go, eight. I'll, I'll go Warriors by two. Warriors by six. Six? Yeah. Okay, so you're going to make me be that guy. All right. I got the Warriors tomorrow by 15. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Game six play is going to be something like just magical. And I think he's going to always I'm thinking this, I'm like, is there they got me thinking, what's the only way they can make sure that Steph Curry doesn't get this final MVP? If Clay Thompson does his game six usual shtick, which we know him for, his normal game six, they're gonna be like, he has to be the MVP. Or like, no, he does this all the time. It's normal. Give Steph the MVP. No, 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 no. We're giving it to Clay for this magical performance. And I, I'm gonna be upset. I'm gonna be real upset, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna appreciate it when Clay like 50 on like seven dribbles. Ooh, man. I would love to see Clay go nuts, dude. Yeah. That would be amazing. Can like points per dribble become a new advanced stat? Cause I think Clay would just <laughs> clean up there. Yeah. We'll allow that too. Sure. You just want to end Kyrie Irving's career with analytics. <laughs> <laughs> Although 
know what's really funny about that that one game, right? That was the uh, the thirty seven point quarter, right? Where they're like, he's six dribbles. Yeah. <clears throat> so those are six dribbles on his scoring possessions. He dribbled it way more. Not, I mean, still it's like twenty. But it's always been funny to me that they took like the absurdly low number, and it's like, no, 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 like he really only dribbled the ball seven times. It only took around seven times. It's like. They just say 20, like use the real number. Just it's like 20 something. It's still super impressive. Yeah. It's still great on the dribble per point metric. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, triple per points. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. Um, hopefully we can uh, get the win at least. Um, thank you all for listening and uh, go Warriors. Yes, sir. Warriors.